I tell you what, Easter sunrise this morning, I think we had 12 to 1,500 people there. And the really cool thing was we did an altar call at the end, and people had to walk all the way down through netted area and stuff. And we saw about a dozen people come forward to receive Christ. Isn't that cool? Isn't that really cool? And uh, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about this service, too, because uh, we're doing something a little unusual. Usually I go verse by verse through a half a chapter or or a good portion of Scripture and stuff. The Lord's kind of put on my heart just to study one verse this morning. And it's a a verse about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know that 84% of Americans in the last Gallup, or one of the latest Gallup polls, 84% of Americans said they believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So a lot of people around us believe in what we're celebrating today, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to talk about not only believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but knowing the resurrected Savior. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. And it's, it's, it's wonderful because Jesus said in, in John 11, 25 to 26, I am the resurrection of life, and everyone who believes in me, even though he dies, shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Isn't that an incredible promise right there? And what we're going to, and what we're going to look at today is knowing this resurrection in life knowing the resurrected Savior. We're going to look at today how the Scripture is very clear. We just don't need to know about Jesus. Jesus wants us to know Him personally, personally. The Westminster Confession uh, says this. It says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And one of the things that we have, if you know Christ, is the joy of knowing the one that created everything around us, the living, resurrected Savior. Interesting, uh, Paul talked about this uh, in um, Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Let's put it up on the screen. And it it says very simply, uh, Philippians 3, 7, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value, here it is, of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. And I might be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And here's our verse, verse 10, that I may, what? Here it is, that I may know him, and what else? and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death in order that I may attain. Here's the resurrection from the dead. So Paul says very simply, verse 10, I want to know Christ, and I want to know the power, the power of his resurrection. You know, Jeremiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, put it this way. He said this, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts about, boasts of this, that he understands, and here it is, and what? And knows me. This is the Lord talking. That I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things. What does God delight in? He delights in you knowing him and him knowing you. That's what God wants. That's why he says the greatest commandment of all the commandments, Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 22. He said the greatest commandment, one thing, love God with all your heart, 
all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. This is the first and foremost commandment. God wants above all else. He just wants us to love him in an abiding, personal relationship. He wants us to know him, and he wants us to be known by him. So let's go back to our verse. How can we do that? Philippians 3, verse 10. Go back to our verse. It says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. There it is. Knowing Christ and the power, power of his resurrection. Now, interesting, the word knowing, I shared this with the sunrise service too. The word knowing is a Greek word, gnosko. And it's an interesting word because it means to know, but to not just know about, but to know experientially and intimately in a relationship. That's gnosko. And what it's saying there is that Christ became someone to Paul that he intimately and experientially had a relationship with from the very beginning of the wake-up call he had on the Damascus Road when Jesus appeared to him in person and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, the one you've been persecuting. And he began a relationship with Christ right there on that Damascus Road, knowing Christ, knowing Christ. And that's what God wants from us more than anything else, a knowledge of him. The Jews have a, a Shema, and it, it's from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let's put that up on the screen also. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is what they pray two or three times a day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord. This is where Jesus got it from. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your what? Mind. And how do you love someone? By having a relationship with them that is, that is more than just knowing about them, but knowing them. Now, what's the difference between knowing about and knowing a gnosko, intimate, experiential way like I'm talking about. Well, two ladies. Corey Tenboom. Corey Tenboom, one of my heroes. Uh, she was the daughter of a Dutch watchmaker during World War II. Corey Tenboom, uh, actually their attic became what was called in the movie The Hiding Place. And what, when the Jews were trying to escape from Nazi-occupied Holland, what she did was she opened up her attic with her father and they hid refugee Jews because they were all being sent to concentration camps being killed. And, and so I know a lot about Corrie Tembu. I've read books by her and I respect her. I'm looking forward to getting to heaven and really getting to know her and meet her. But, I, but listen, I, I never met her. I know a lot of facts though. I know that she ended up in a concentration camp with her dad and her sister and was actually made it through the camp, but her dad and her sister, knowing about her, her dad and her sister were both killed in the concentration camp. I know that she led Bible studies in the concentration camp with other ladies in this, this disastrous place, but she kept her faith. I know about Corey Tenboom, and I respect her highly, but listen, I never got to know or even meet Corey Tenboom. I even know this fact. Pastor Chuck, the founder of Calvary Chapel, actually officiated her funeral in Southern California. Amazing. Never got to know her though, Gnosko wise. Now, another lady, Heidi Hoppy. I know a lot about Heidi Hoppy. I know her main name was Waldstra, because she's Dutch. And if you're not Dutch, you're not much. No, just kidding. <laughs> Some of you that came to the early service said, I hear that twice today. Oh my gosh. But I don't just know about Heidi. 
I know a lot about her. I do know a lot about her. I know that, I know that she played college basketball and held the record for her school for a number of years for rebounds on her team. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? I know, that the, I know that her older brother played professional basketball in Holland of all places and was there for years in Europe playing. So I, I know that she grew up in a town called Orange City, Iowa. I know about Heidi. She grew up in this town that's like a Mayberry in North, Northwest Iowa. I know that she's uh, got a great family and love her family. And I know a lot about her. I know a lot about Heidi. Now, I'll admit one thing. I, after we got married, we had some friends we got together with in Los Angeles and stuff. And uh, one of the girls that went to seminary with us, she asked, what's Heidi's middle name anyway? Anyways, and, she, and I go, I better find that out. I'm married to her. That's how detail-oriented I am sometimes. So I know I, her middle name is Jean. Heidi Jean Wildstra was her name. And I know a lot about Heidi, but listen, I don't just know about Heidi. I can nosco Heidi. That's the Greek word for knowing Christ. It means I, I, I know Heidi experientially. I know Heidi in a personal, intimate relationship. I've been married to her for 31 years. That's a patient woman right there. 31 years. We've had four kids together. We've had three weddings and one more to go this summer. We've been through the ups and we've been through the downs. We planted three churches together and it's been a great life. And I know, I just know, know about Heidi Hoppy. I know her experientially. You know what? That's what God wants with us too. He doesn't want us to just have head knowledge about all these facts about him. He wants us to have relationship with him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And your greatest commandment, love him in a relationship. Get to know him. Build a relationship experientially and intimately with him. Do you see that? Question, how do you do that? Well, there's a starting point. It's faith. Faith is the first starting part to knowing Christ. You've got to do what Paul did. You've got to come into a faith relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says the starting point is Romans chapter 10, 9. If you confess your sins, he, no, I'm sorry, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Uh, John 1, 12 says, but as many as receive Christ, he gives the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. There needs to be a starting point to this relationship. There needs to be a place where you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, and you receive Christ. That's the beginning of this relationship with Jesus Christ. But then there's a second part of knowing Christ. That's what we're doing this morning. This is word. It, it, it says like newborn babes, we're supposed to long for the pure milk of God's word so that by it we may grow in respect to our salvation. Again, I pray that this morning. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. And as you get to know his word, this word becomes his voice into your life. And then you get to know him through studying the word, but also you get to know him through prayer. And there's this ongoing dialogue. God speaks to you through his word. His voice speaks forth. It's living and active in your life. And then you pray and you're dialoguing back and forth. He speaks to you and you pray. And you, as 2 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. 
It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's that relationship grows as you let his voice speak to you through his word, and as you pray and have this ongoing dialogue with him, the relationship will grow. But there's another way we grow in this knowledge of Christ. Very important. Fellowship. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one another. The Bible says, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. You see that? Another version said, we're supposed to spur one another on to love and good deeds. And Christianity is way more often caught than taught. You get around other Christians that know Christ, on fire Christians, there's this contagion thing going on where you start catching how to grow in this relationship with Christ by just being around other Christians that know Christ. That's why being in church is so important because we, we infect each other in our knowledge of Christ and we need to be around. And so if, if you want to grow in this relationship with Christ, you need to not only grow in prayer and the word, but you need to be in a Bible teaching church that helps you on a weekly and even more basis to grow in that knowledge of Christ. But another part of knowing Christ is not only getting involved in Bible teaching church, but also following Christ. What do I mean by that? Psalm 23 says Jesus is supposed to be our shepherd. And as we allow his rod and his staff to guide our lives as the shepherd, we're the sheep. Bah, you're a bunch of sheep. You know what? He's the shepherd. He guides us. And as he guides us, he guides us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And he guides us by, beside quiet waters. He restores our soul. Oh, it's wonderful. And not only that, our cup starts overflowing because of this knowledge of him and his leadership in our life. And then his goodness and his mercy. Woo! They start hunting us down. And we start tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man who puts his trust in him. That's coming to know Christ, is what we do, is, is we allow him to lead. He's not only our Savior, he's our Lord. And we go in his steps, we follow in his steps. And then, this is cool, as we follow in his steps, we could say to other people, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's the last, that last thing that's really important, is as you're allowing him to lead, then you become contagious with other people, and you help them grow in their knowledge of Christ too. So that's the first part, knowing Christ. How do we know Christ? By starting point with faith in Christ, trust in Christ, receiving Christ, and then we start becoming people of the word, people of, people of prayer, people that are in church, getting fed God's word, being around other Christians. We're getting it contagious, and we're, in, we're growing because of that iron sharpening iron. And then also we saw this morning, we allow him to lead. And we trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not on our understanding, and our ways just acknowledge him. He starts directing our paths and making our paths straight. Now, question what does it mean to know Christ and then the power of his resurrection? I don't know about you, but I like power. I like, I don't, I don't know if it's a man thing or whatever else. I like our 4th of July fireworks show. We do a 20-minute commercial-grade fireworks show right out here in the parking lot. We have about 1,000 people in the community come out, and I just, it turns my crank when those boom booms start going off. My dog hates that power. My dog, whenever the 4th of July starts hitting, man, they, he's got his tail between his legs, he's high, woo, like this, and I'm going, yeah, let's blow up some more stuff. I like power. I got a motorcycle, and I like being on that motorcycle, power, power guy, like power. 
But the greatest power I like is the power of the resurrection in my life. You know what the power of the resurrection in my life does? It forgives me of all my sins. It does. There's power in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to bring forgiveness of sins. I already quoted the verse, if I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, raised him from the dead, I'm saved. Saved from what? My sin. And even though my sin is a scarlet, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'm white as snow. As far as the east is from the west, because of what Christ has done and he rose from the grave, I'm clean. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all of my sin. But listen, the power of the resurrection not only brings forgiveness of sin, the power of the resurrection also, listen, conquers sin in my life. Do you know that? Part of the power of the resurrection is I don't have to be a victim of the devil anymore where I'm being conquered by sin. I get to start having victory because thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible makes it very clear. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so what starts happening through the power of the resurrection in our lives is we get forgiveness, but also we get conquering of sin, which is wonderful. Now question, does that mean you don't sin anymore once you come to Christ and the power of the resurrection in your life? No, that's not true. There's still a battle going on. You know why? Because we got a flesh that's bent towards, towards sin. We have a sinful nature in our flesh. So how do we overcome and live in the victory of Christ over sin? By walking in the Spirit. The Bible says, Galatians uh, 5 says this. It says that walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Live a spirit-filled life and you'll start getting victory instead of being a victim. And it's wonderful. What happens, according to Galatians chapter 5, you start walking in the Spirit and you're going to start living in love more, joy more, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, because you have the Spirit working in your life and you have those fruits of the Spirit in your life. Next nine weeks, I'm excited about Here at Calvary Chapel, the next nine weeks, we're going to do something we haven't done since we started this church in the last 20 years. We're going to do an in-depth study of the fruits of the Spirit. And we're going to spend a week, for nine weeks, we're going to spend a week at each one of those fruits of the Spirit, and we're going to learn how to be more loving. Next week, 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to learn how to be more joyful. We're going to learn how to have more peace. We're going to learn how to have more patience. I'm going to have to study real hard on that one, because that's a fruit that I'm still trusting the Lord for. Peace. We learn how to, peace, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We're going to spend a week on each one of those fruits. I would encourage you, if you want more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, all those different fruits, and don't look at me like that because I'm not the only one that needs some of those things in my life. You guys, we all need to grow in these areas, right? Amen? So don't, next nine weeks, commit with, with us to studying each one of those fruits of the Spirit. I'm calling this series, the next nine weeks, Living the Abundant Life. Living a life of the Spirit. And we're going to go dig, we're going to dig deep in each one of these fruits of the Spirit. And that's part of the power of the resurrection, to give us those fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Another part of the power of the resurrection, not only power to get sins forgiven, to conquer sin, hey, but also be a witness for Christ. Oh, man, I love this part, too. It says, but you shall receive power. There's the word, power, the resurrection power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. And it's fun. 
when you're fulfilling your purpose of shining God's light into the world and being light in such a way as that others may see Christ in your life and they too may glorify your Father. That's part of our purpose of why we're still here. And you know what? I, I, I don't know if you've seen the new Apostle Paul movie or, or not yet. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie. It's, uh, Heidi and I went to the matinee last Monday. Great scene in there of the Apostle Paul, probably one of the greatest witnesses that ever lived. He, he wrote about a, a third to a half of the New Testament. And he's in this jail cell, maritime prison in Rome, in the movie. And the very person that's the warden of the jail cell, he starts ministering to the, the very leader of the jail cell, the guard, Roman guard. And he had a great line in there. He, as he was sitting with this Roman guard, he said, you see this hand? And the Roman guard says, yes. He said, you know what? If the, if the ocean was right here, and I just had this much of the ocean in my hand, that would be our life. And the rest of the ocean is the rest of eternity. And then he went on to share with this guard, that's why you need to know this Christ who will help you live in the rest of that eternity. Great, great scene in the movie. Great scene. That's part of why Paul, when he went through shipwrecks, beatings, scourgings, all kinds of trials, he wrote in the epistle of Philippians, I could rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, because even though he had all this stuff going on, all these trials, all these bad things happening in his life, he had the purpose and joy of being a witness for Jesus Christ in the midst of even the trials. That's one of the other things the power of the resurrection gives us, is the power to be witnesses. Wonderful. What else is the power of the resurrection? Power to be like Christ, conformed to his image. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, as we behold his face in this knowledge and this relationship, as we behold his face and we have a relationship with Christ, he changes us from glory to glory into what? His image by the Spirit again. That's a part of the power of the resurrection in your life is he'll change you. And he manages Christ again. He's a new creation. Old is gone. New is come. I remember when I came to Christ almost 40 years ago, 1978, it's amazing because when I came to Christ at that point, I just, I, I never really prayed much, never read my Bible much, never really been in close fellowship with other people that were really excited about growing in that relationship with Christ. So I, I just kind of, I did these things we were talking about. Started reading my Bible, started praying, started being in fellowship with Christians. And interesting, my life didn't really change until I finally started getting in fellowship with other Christians that really knew Christ. And as I did that, I remember about six months into that process of just really growing in that relationship with Christ, I looked at my life and I go, wow, I'm different. I wasn't perfect. I'm still not perfect. I still make mistakes all the time. But I realized things were changing in my life. I didn't use swear words all the time anymore. I used to swear like a sailor before I came to Christ. I realized that I didn't have this urge to want to go out and party with all my friends and get drunk on the weekends anymore. I wanted to go to church, of all things. I realized that, and this was the real kicker for me, I realized my world didn't revolve around me anymore. It revolved around my Savior. And I realized, too, I actually started caring about people. And there was a, a love for people in my life that wasn't there before Christ because I knew Christ. See how that happens? To know Christ and the power of his resurrection, he changes your life. Hey, the last thing that knowing Christ does for us, it's wonderful. It not only conquers sin, it conquers death. Remember what Jesus said? I am 
the resurrection and life, and he who believes in me, even though he dies, shall live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Power of the resurrection is a fact that if you know Christ and you have a personal relationship with him, you have a certainty then that not only do you know Christ, but you got his resurrection power to guarantee you that when you die, this isn't all there is. Bible actually says, if you know Christ, absent from the body, present with the Lord. The Bible says, Colossians 1.27, that Christ in you, if he's in you through faith, Christ in you, it's the hope of glory. Another scene from this movie, Paul, kind of promoting this movie, you guys got to go see it. Apostle Paul movie is, is Dr. Luke, who by the way is Jim Gavizel from the, actually the Passion movie. Remember the Passion movie? He's actually Dr. Luke in this movie. And he gets an opportunity to minister to all these prisoners that were in the Roman uh, Maritime prison. And there, he got knowledge as Dr. Luke from the, actually the guard, the head guard that Paul has ministered to. He got knowledge that a number of these Christians that were in that prison, the next day were going to be sent to the amphitheater to be fed to the lions, to the games, the Roman games. And as... Dr. Luke had opportunity to minister to these prisoners that were the next day were going to be fed to lions. He said it, I'll never forget. He's, it was a powerful scene. He said this. He said, you guys tomorrow, there's going to be some pain. You're going to die tomorrow. But you need to remember, because of your faith in Christ, the pain will be just temporary. And then you're going to be in a place of glory. A place of paradise. A place that was going to just, wow. And the next scene in the movie, the gates go up. They walk out into the amphitheater. And everywhere, everyone was walking out with their head held high. Because Christ in them was the hope of glory. Do you see that? Knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection guarantees that when you close your eyes in this life, you're going to open them in heaven. Knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection guarantees the moment you breathe your last breath here on earth, you're going to breathe your next breath in a place Jesus called paradise. Can I get an amen to that, church? Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's wonderful. That's the hope we have. The resurrection hope that we have in knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. So I want to close this service this morning asking you, do you gnosko him? <laughs> what does that mean? Do you know him experientially and intimately? And if you don't, it starts with just one decision of faith, where you say, I want to confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And hey, what? can't think of a better time to do that. If you haven't done that yet in your life, I can't think of a better time to do that than Easter Sunday the day that Jesus rose from the grave. And I'm going to give you an opportunity during our prayer time. If you want to confess Jesus as Lord of your life and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, today's your day. Do it today. And I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer if you want to do that this morning. A prayer that will help you admit your sin because the Bible says all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This prayer will help you trust Christ. That's the next step. Trusting Christ as your Savior and Lord. And then the third step is receiving. You need to receive. The Bible says many has received him. He gives the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. If you haven't done that yet, today's your day. Do it. Do it.
because it's the best decision you'll ever make. I did that about 40 years ago, and it changed the whole trajectory of my life, and it's the best decision I've ever made to trust Christ and receive him as my Savior and my Lord. And you could do it today, too, and I'll help you during our prayer time if you want. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much, God, for the power of the resurrection. We thank you, God, that the power of the resurrection helps us to be forgiven of sin. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings us to the point that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are saved from all our sin. We're saved from all the things, even the things we've done that are just wrong. You've taken them and paid for them on the cross. Thank you, Lord that you've done that for us. Thank you for the joy set before you, Jesus. You endured the cross, and then you, you rose from the grave, God. Thank you for that. And Father, I pray that we be Christians that walk in your spirit, Lord, your spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, Lord. Father, I pray for this new series we're starting next Sunday. I pray that we grow in each one of these fruits as we study each one of them week by week, Lord. Help us to be more loving, more joyful, more peace-oriented people, Lord. Help us to be filled with the Spirit of Jesus in walking in these things, God. And Father, I pray too that we would have this certainty because of knowing Christ that we have his power in our lives to do what you've called us to do. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But we're going to be forgiven Christians that are going to be living in victory, God. Give us that spirit, not of defeat, but the spirit of victory that comes from knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection. <clears throat> and Father, I pray for anybody that might be here this morning that isn't certain that Christ is in their hearts. I pray for anybody here this morning that needs to come to that personal faith in Christ by receiving Christ as Savior and Lord today. And I pray, Lord, that you might be knocking on the door of their heart today, God. You love them so much. You created them. You have a purpose and a plan for their lives. And if you're here this morning and you want to make today be your day, will you trust Christ? Will you begin this personal, intimate relationship with Christ where he could come into your heart and take away the guilt and the fear and all the other things? I pray, Father, for people here this morning that need to do that, they do that right now. And if you want to right now, I'll lead you in a prayer right now. But I want you to be bold, and I want you to just uh, raise your hand and say, Pastor John, I want to pray. I want to receive Christ this morning. And if you're here this morning and you want to do that, just raise your hand right now. I'll pray for you, and I'll pray with you during this time of prayer. So if you're here this morning and you want to receive Christ this Easter Sunday, raise your hand right now, and I'd love to pray for you right now. Anybody here this morning? Praise the Lord right here in the middle. Keep your hand up right there. Anybody else? Keep your hands up, raised up. Back here, okay? Back here in the middle, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Keep your hands raised up. If you raise your hand, keep them up. I want, I want to ask you to keep them up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Right here, back in the left. Praise the Lord. Easter Sunday, that's a good day to receive Christ. If you want to receive Christ, just raise your hand. All right, for you people raising your hand right now, I want you to be bold. I'm, I'm going to pray for you right now, but I want you to stand up right now. As, and I'll pray for you. Go ahead, stand up. Come on. Be bold. Back here in the back. Back here in the... Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Stand up right now and I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord. Okay, pray this prayer with me right now. 
And you can pray out loud with us, church. Lord Jesus, I trust you today to be my Savior. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sin. Be my Savior and be my Lord. I confess you as the Lord of my life. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Lord Jesus, I will live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, God bless you, church. And if you made that decision today, hey, you know Christ now. Congratulations. Do those things we talked about. Get in the Word. Pray. Get involved in Bible teaching church. Be a witness for Christ. God bless you, church. He is risen. Let's do that again. I'll say he is risen. You say he is risen indeed. He is risen. All right. God bless you, church. Let's worship now.